working on me. And, uh, but uh, we will have, so I'll be a taste tester because I'm not a great cook, but I do love food. And, uh, you know, and so, uh, but we'll have a great time. There'll be all kinds of stuff for the family to do, uh, to hang out and uh, just enjoy time of fellowship together. And so that'll be next Sunday. And so just want to remind you of those two things. And, uh, you know, last week, Pastor John kicked off uh, the Simple Life series. How many of you were challenged by his message on worry? Anybody else? Or am I the only one under the conviction of the Holy Spirit? But, uh, you know, so he did an amazing job this morning. I want to continue with some things. Uh, but, I, but before I get into the message, I just have to make a confession uh, because I told Pastor John this uh, the other day when we were talking. I said, you know, I, I'm going to feel like a hypocrite talking about the simple life in the current state of my life because my life right now is anything but simple. And, uh, you know, we've had a pretty busy last four or five months and uh, just take things that normally take a year or two and let's just cram them all into a couple months and that'll be awesome. And so I just want to get that disclaimer out of the way is that when we're talking about the simple life and really for uh, my part and you know obviously we're in the midst of a lot of things going on uh, you know we've been packing and cleaning and doing projects around the house and trying to get things ready uh, to sell the house. We've been traveling a lot, going back and forth and doing all these things. And, you know, oh yeah, we transitioned to church as well. So we've been merging two churches over the last two months and life's been a little chaotic. Oh yeah, by the way, I have two toddlers at home too that don't let us sleep a whole lot. And well, one does, baby girl, we're still working on. And uh, so we were up this morning about 3, 3.30? And uh, so, you know, she's a, a, a blessing from the Lord. I, re I remind myself in the wee hours of the morning, and, you know, children are a blessing from the Lord is what the Scripture says. So I have to remind myself of that at times in the middle of the night. But, um, you know, but even though we are kind of have been in this kind of crazy season, this crazy moment of our life, there are some things that are principles that I hold to in my life. Uh, some things that, because life can just get chaotic. Have you ever felt like that uh, life is ordering the way you live versus you ordering the way that you live? In other words, the demands and the press of life just, it's kind of like, well, I had a plan, but it was long gone because life smacked me in the face. And I don't know where my plan went, but this ain't it. But we're just going to, and what happens is, is that, what, is that we begin to what? Live from Instead of even year to year, we go from month to month to week to week, and then we go from just day to day. What is that? Survival. I'm just trying to make it to tomorrow, man. There is so much on my plate. There is so much that I'm dealing with. There's so much that I'm facing. I'm just trying to survive. And that's really what we're talking about, is how do you simplify your life? And really, here's a very brief point, if you will. Life is simple when you keep the important things important. What happens and when things get complicated is when we allow all the, the non-essentials that we think are essential to become so important. You know, and so there's some things that I want to share with you this morning along these lines. But first off, let's read a scripture together. It's going to come out of Proverbs chapter 3. If I can get my iPad to cooperate with me. Here we go. Starting in verse 5, it says that we are to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Pastor John talked about this last week. Don't worry. Don't take an anxious thought. Trust in the Lord. It says, don't depend on your own understanding. In other words, don't think that you're smart enough to figure this life out. God is the author of life. He wrote the book, literally the Bible, on how to live a successful life. 
You know, one of the things and one of the traits that you never see about Jesus, can you ever think of a moment where Jesus was stressed? Or where he snapped at somebody? Now, he had plenty of opportunities. Just go read about the disciples. Like, at the greatest moment, Peter's out there wielding a sword at some guy's head, and he misses his head and takes his ear off. And Jesus is like, Peter, really? Let me pick up your problem. Let me pick up the mistake that you just created, and let me fix it before they take you to jail. So, but Jesus was always what? He seemed to have this ease about him. It doesn't mean that he didn't face difficulty, because he absolutely did. Actually, a lot of difficulty. They wanted to stone him a few times. People were talking about murdering him. I mean, he had some difficulties. But yet there was this ease and this grace about Jesus and the way that he lived that is challenging for us. Why? Because we have stuff. And somehow we think that somehow Jesus was different. You know, Jesus had family problems too. I mean, his own family didn't believe that he was the Messiah. He had issues. There were things going on. I mean, you know, there was all these things happening. I mean, Jesus' family was inconvenient at times. They would show up and they're like, hey, your family wants to talk to you. And he's like, I don't have time right now. This is what I'm doing is more important. Not that family's not important. That's not what I'm saying. But he had a family just like we do. And yet there was this grace and this ease about him. And yet we have to look to Scripture. So in verse uh, 6, it goes on. It says, seek his will, God's will, in all that you do, and he will show you the path to take. So life is really boiled down to this, is that we choose the direction in which we go. We choose. We make decisions every day, all the time, what is important, what is not important, what is really of value to us, and yet we could be going down the wrong path too. Why? Because when we seek God, when we don't trust ourselves, well, this is what I think I should do. Well, have you prayed about that? Have you asked the Lord about that? Have you, have you really sought to listen to his voice to lead you in the direction? Because there are times in my life that I have experienced where God said, do this, and I'm going, really? Because that just doesn't seem right to me. But yet, do I trust myself or do I trust God? And it's really all about really listening for his voice. And so, you know, one of the things that happens because, and that I believe that complicates life. Yes, things are busy. Yes, things are happening. Yes, things are going on. But one of the easiest ways to get off track is to start looking at everybody else. Start comparing to everybody else. You know, because what we're trying to, but what happens is by looking away at somebody else, guess what you're not looking at? Where you're supposed to be where I'm supposed to be, this path that God has me on, if I start looking over here and comparing, I'm not looking at what is right in front of me. I mean, we don't do that in a car. I mean, we don't go get in the car and just look out the passenger window. I, I'm going to get there safely. Maybe. Hopefully. Hopefully some, somebody doesn't run into you or you run into somebody else. or You know, I mean, why? Because it requires focus. We also don't look in the rearview mirror. You glance, but don't look there too long. Why? Because you're looking in the wrong direction. So we want to what? Not compare our life, our calling, our journey to anybody else's. Why? Because God has you exactly where he wants you. You're like, well, how do you know that? Because if he wanted you somewhere else, you would be there. Now, we have to cooperate, obviously, you're like, yeah, but I messed up. Do you not think the God of the universe, the creator of heaven, of earth, can get you where you need to be in spite of us? 
Yes, absolutely he can. I like this uh, phrase that I heard, and I'll share it with you. It says that we need to stop comparing our behind the scenes to someone else's highlight reel. You know, we mentioned it yesterday, LSU had a great game, praise the Lord. You know, but I didn't get to watch the game because I was driving here. So I'm watching it or I'm following it on my phone and just kind of listen to some of it at different times. Well, then last night I go click on Sports Center because I want to see the plays, right? Well, you know, I didn't watch a four-hour game. I watched about a 40-second clip that showed a few of big plays. You know, the, the, the culture in which we live right now is that. We get on Facebook or Instagram or whatever it may be, or whatever social media you use, and we see somebody's dream vacation. And we're like, man, my vacation was horrible. Your vacation was fine until you saw theirs. Right? Your house was good until you saw so-and-so's new house, new car, new whatever. And all of a sudden, your house feels cramped. It was spacious yesterday. But today, it's like the walls are starting to cave in. You know, I mean, I, I've had the opportunity to be in ministry for a number of years. And one thing that I have learned is that many times when everybody has it together, they really don't. Amen. On the outside, they got the house, the pretty picture with the dog in his, in his vest, got his little top hat on, everybody smiling perfectly, and it's like, man, they've just got everything. But what you don't know is they're in debt to their eyeballs. They don't know how to pay their bills. They're on the brink of divorce. They hate each other. There's chaos in their home. And yet we look at that and say, I want that picture. But if you knew the behind the scenes, you wouldn't want that picture. But comparison many times will, will rob us of not just of a long, let me say this, comparison will rob us of the joy of what God has put in our life. The things that, that he has blessed us with, when we start looking at other people and start looking to what they have and what, what we need and what we don't have and what they have, all of a sudden what happens? Joy. Gone. The book of Nehemiah says what? The joy of the Lord is our strength. That's important. We, we, we have to be careful. You know, I'll give you an example of this from a while back. Um, you know, me and my wife, we have a seven-month-old little daughter. And, um, and so... Uh, a few months back, I mean, it was before she was born. Dara was still pregnant at the time. And so she was scrolling through, I don't know what it was, Instagram or something, who knows. And there was this picture of this other pastor's wife who she looked like Beyonce, quite honestly. I mean, she has this flowing hair, perfect makeup, this big long. I mean, it's a, it's a maternity photo, right? And it frustrated Dara. Because why? Because here she is and she's going, how is she so perfect? Like, here I am, I've got a toddler at home, my hair's messed up, I don't feel beautiful, and here's this woman looking amazing, right? And yet, so many times that happens to us. The same thing, and we begin to, to wrestle with these feelings, wrestle with these emotions that will wage war upon what? Our ability to live clearly, and it's simply a life that God has for us. It doesn't mean a short-changed life either. Simple doesn't mean, well, I don't have anything, and I'm a minimalist, and I just don't have stuff, and that's not what we're talking about. Not at all. But it is a life that is what? That's free to be who God has called us to be. So I want to give you three principles this morning. 
We'll see if I make my time. Three principles. And, uh, but uh, principle number one, and this is a huge one that I believe that is so important. If we want to live simply, many times I believe living simply is just coming back to some basic truths. But number one is this, is that we live by peace. Every decision that we make should be what? Led by peace. You're like, well, what does that mean? What, what do you mean by peace? You know, the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit being our guide, our, our advocate, the one who would come alongside and help us. So you could say it this way, that, that peace is like the guide inside. The guide inside. There are so many times that I'm like, well, I've never, you know, you may be here and say, I've never heard the Lord speak to me. I've never heard God talk. Yeah, but there's a peace on the inside of you. And you're like, well, how do I know when I have peace? Here, it's going to be mind-blowing for you. You probably won't know when you have peace. You'll know when you don't. It's not hard to figure it out when you don't have it. Like, well, I just couldn't sleep last night. I've just been worried. I, I've just, I, I mean, my thoughts are just running. That doesn't sound very peaceful. So... You don't, peace is not something you have to go look for. It's either something you have or you don't. And yet even what it says here in Proverbs, lean not to our own understanding. In all of our ways, acknowledge, pray, go to the Lord. Lord, I am stressed 10.5 right now. Help me. Give me some wisdom. What do I need to do? I can't tell you how many times that just following peace in my life, not a word from God, just following peace in my life, we had this happen one year ago, well, actually 14 months ago. Dare and I were, we had renovated a, a, we had a reno house. We were renovating it. And we had decided we were going to move into it. We put our house on the market. We had a contract, actually two contracts in 48 hours. It was like, man, this just has to be the Lord. We go through inspections, this and that. Some different things are going on. And, and what happened? So they're actually, I was actually getting some work done on my house. I'm in my office. I remember it very well. It was on a Wednesday. And all of a sudden, I just had this little thought. It wasn't a word from God, but it was just, you're going to regret this in a year. I thought, well, that's odd. I walk downstairs and I tell Dara. I'm like, I just, I don't know why, I just feel this way. And she goes, well, I don't know. Long story short, I call the realtor. I'm like, hey, I don't think I'm supposed to sell my house. I know I'm in contract. I don't know how you get out of it. She's like, well, you can't. And I said, okay, well, I'll just pray. And uh, don't know what else to do. And, uh, but I really felt like that it was just this moment. The next day, the people called and canceled the contract with no reason given. And so my realtor is a, is a believer, and she calls, and she goes, well, I guess your prayer worked. And I said, why? And she said, well, because they canceled the contract. And I, I said, really? They give a reason? She said, nope. They just canceled it. Well, fast forward a year, and guess what? I'm standing right here. Such a, a small thing. Everything logical. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a math person. I can add, subtract, multiply, divide. It made a lot of sense on paper, a whole lot of sense on paper. Man, we can make some money here, we'll make some money there, it's going to be good. And yet there was this something, this, this peace got unsettled. I'm like, nope, this isn't the right thing. So I had to make some decisions. Let me read you a couple of verses, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16. The Apostle Paul is praying over a group of people, and he says, Now may the Lord of peace himself, the Lord of peace, the Lord of peace, God is the Lord of all peace, give you his peace at all times and in every situation. In every circumstance, in every situation, God says, I will give you peace if you look for it. 
but you can't lean to your own understanding. Yeah, but, yeah, but, you know. I've counseled with many people, and I'll maybe counsel them, give them some wisdom or whatever it may be, and then they say, yeah, but. We need to trust the Lord. Remove the yeah, but, and just say, God, this is what you said. This is, I'm going to follow peace in my life. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Read this one out of the Amplified Bible. He says, let the peace of Christ, the inner calm of one who walks daily with him, be the controlling factor in your hearts, deciding and settling questions that, are, that arise. He says, to this peace indeed you were, what does that word say? You were called. You know, you were called to live in peace, not chaos. If chaos is in your life, God is not in it. Why? Because he's not the author of confusion. He doesn't bring chaos. No, he brings peace. He brings stability into our life. And so, but guess what? We have to what? Fight for peace. Why? Because we have a lot of things competing to rob it from us. So we have to fight for that peace. See, many times, and I've seen this happen so many times in my life, is that just following the peace on the inside has saved me from a lot of heartache and a lot of problems. You know, I'll give you a, a, another example of this. The year before me and Dara got married, I, you know, there was a lot of, I won't go into all the details, but she didn't have a, well, she had a vehicle, but it wasn't a good one, and so this and that. So we decided that we were going to get her a car. So we went and bought this car the whole time, the, I mean, the entire time that we're buying the car. I knew in my heart. I just knew, man, I'm not supposed to buy this, but I was stubborn. Nobody else is stubborn in here. I know it's just something I deal with. And, uh, but, man, I was just, this is the car. The whole time the Lord's just like, no, don't buy it. I paid more to fix the car than I paid for the car, and it wasn't a cheap one. Literally, Dara took a right turn one day, and the transmission was shot. She calls me. She's like, I have no idea. I have no gears. The car won't go forward. I'm like, back it up. She's like, it won't. That was a $3,500 right turn. And that was just one thing that went wrong. I mean, like, no joke, door handle snapped off. Like, both of them. Not just one, both door handles snapped off. The Lord delivered me from that car. I had to ask for forgiveness. Why? Because I didn't follow peace. I didn't listen to that. And yet many times, if we want to live simple, just follow peace. Should I do this? Just take a moment. I don't mean like you got to intercede for an hour. I'm talking take 30 seconds. Just get quiet. Lord, do I need to do this? See, even right now, it's kind of awkward. We had like five seconds of silence, and it's awkward. It's something in our culture we don't know how to deal with. Silence, quiet. Why? Because we want the busy. Go, 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 go. There's this pressure, this push to constantly be moving forward. I mean, everybody says, how are you doing? Oh, I'm busy. I just want to start saying, when people ask me, how are you doing? I'm lazy. <laughs> I mean, just to get the response, because people can be like, what? Well, everybody says they're busy. I just want to see what you'd say if I said lazy. Everybody's busy. But have we ever stopped to ask, Lord, am I too busy? Do I have too much going on? Do I need to find a new pace in my life? Do I need to reorganize some things? So this leads me into my 
second principle this morning is that we need, if we're going to live simply, we need to live by principle, not by problems, not by desires. You know, sometimes things aren't problems, but they're desires, but those desires create problems. You know, like I'll give you an example. I just mentioned it. I wanted to buy a car. Well, it created a problem, which was a lot of repair bills. So my desire created a problem. So what we need to do is we need to be people who live by principle. Principle. You're like, well, what does that mean? That means you make up your mind before stress hits. You, you make up your mind what's important to you before you have to make that decision. You know, we have core values here at TDP. And what? It's, it's the motive. It's really the, the guardrails that protect the vision. Say, this is what matters to us. You ought to have some core values for your family. I'll give you one of mine for me and Dara. Is that we will not treat outsiders better than we people, treat people who live in the home. In other words, if you come to my house, I'm not going to treat you better than I treat my wife. And we'll teach our kids that. You're not going to treat each other worse than you treat your friends that you bring into this home. Why? Because we're going to protect peace in our house. We pray over every home we ever live in that this is a house of peace. It's a principle. It's a principle. So guess what? We protect it too. Strife? We talk. We got issues. We don't let them sit and lay. No, we're going to talk about it. We're going to get it out in the open. We're going to get it where it needs to be. Why? Because it's a principle. See, we live according to principles. The Word of God is, is a principle. It gives many principles about how we are to live. Because so many times what happens is, in the, you know, and you, we've all experienced this. Well, why did you do that? Why did you say that? Why did you make that decision? I, I don't know. I just felt the pressure of the moment. I just said something. Right? We've all done that. Why? Because we didn't stick to our core value. We didn't stick to those principles that we have established for our life to really be set on. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Solomon writes and says, My child, never forget the things that I have taught you. Store up my commands or my principles in your heart. He says, If you do this, you will add, or you will live many years, and your life will be, full, will be satisfying. That's my new goal. Is I want to live a satisfying life, not a busy life, not a stressed life, not a 90 to nothing life. I want to live a satisfying life. I want to make sure at the end of my life that the people that I love still love me. That's important to me. It's a principle, though. Psalms 119, verse 105 says, The word, or your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Again, that focus right in front of you. Your word is a what? A lamp to guide my feet, what's right in front of me. Your word gives me my next step. But, you're, but it's also what? A light for my path where you're taking me. So God says, I know exactly where you are and I also know where you're going. So that's important. Again, these are principles. God, what do you, you know, like even every season that I walk into, I've already prayed about the season that we're stepping into right now for me personally. Not just for us as a church and says, God, what is the purpose for the season, for this moment? What are you doing? What do I need to grow into? Why? Because God will tell you. 
hey, these are, this is what you need. This is what I'm doing in you right now. And I can see over and over and over where God has done that in my life. And he will do it for you as well. I'll give you a practical example. I'm a practical kind of guy, so I don't like to preach theory. I like to give you like, like something you can go to the grocery store with tomorrow. So here's a grocery store example. A number of years ago, me and Dare were in uh, Dodge City, Kansas. We were serving there as youth pastors for a number of years. And the Lord really put it into my heart to, that we needed to get out of debt. And uh, so that sounded like a good idea, but it ended up being a whole lot of work. But praise the Lord, we did it. But one of the things that we did, though, that made the biggest difference, because, you know, you, you do the whole Dave Ramsey thing. We did the holes, you know, we did everything. And, and, and so, but what we realized was that for two people, we were spending a whole lot of money on food like a crazy amount of money on food. And we're like, man, we're eating ourselves broke. <laughs> like literally, not just broke, we're actually in debt because we eat. <laughs> like, and so, but what we did, and this was just became a principle, is we said before we go to, to whatever store you go to, for us, we were living in a small town, so we had two options for a grocery store. One was Walmart. Yay, Walmart. <laughs> but we just made a decision. We're going to make a list of everything that we need. And each of us get one item not on that list when we go to Walmart. Why? Because you go to Walmart and say, man, I need that, I need that, I need that. Uh, that looks good. That seems kind of tasty. And next thing you know, you've got this huge grocery bill, and you're like, where are we going to put all this? And you know what? For, for, a, for quite a while, we lived according to that principle. Each of us has allowed one item that we did not predetermine that should be in our home. It's amazing how much money we saved. I mean, we got to where we just planned our meals. Not like every day. We just said, we need 14 meals for 14 days for dinner. We had a little list, and we'd check them off. All right, we ate chicken enchiladas. We did this. We did that. Whatever it was. And it's amazing how simple grocery shopping got. How much money we started saving. It was awesome. See, I believe that there are two ways that we can really find good, solid principles in our life. And the first is very important, which is this. We need to pray and ask the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit, what, what's, what's priority right now? Listen to Him. Listen for His voice. The other thing that is also important, I believe listening to the Holy Spirit is most important, but number two is this, is we need to listen to, to good biblical voices in our life. We need to listen to wisdom from those around us. For those of you who are younger, go find somebody, you know, like if, uh, this would be my encouragement. If you're a young married couple, go find somebody who's been married for 25 years and say, how does it work? Take them to dinner. You're like, what do you mean take them to dinner? You're about to get some wisdom. It's an investment into your life. And ask them. Y'all been married a long time. How, how do you do this? You raised good kids. How do you do that? We want to start a family. What would you share with us? Well, you know, and, and begin to what? Get some principles. Find people who are smarter than you. You're like, well, I don't know anybody smarter than me. Then you're really in trouble. <laughs> you're really in You've got to find people, why? That are smarter, why? Because for one, it comes to a, a, a humility. You know, I remember I, I called Pastor John probably two years ago, and I was just asking him about just schedule because my life was chaotic. I was working three jobs, I was doing all kinds of things, pastoring a church, all kinds of stuff. And I called him and I asked him, I said, Pastor John, I said, man, I said, I just need some advice. I said, how do you balance your schedule? I'm like, you know, because why? He's, he, he has two 
children who are now grown, which Faith's getting ready to get married. And, and I'm like, but your girls love you, your wife loves you. You just seem like you're on top of everything. And I feel like everything's on top of me. That's the way I felt. There's all this pressure. And I said, how do you balance your life? Because I don't know how. I said, obviously, I'm getting a lot done, but I just, I just feel the weight of everything on me. And I said, so here's, and I, and I, but I qualified, I, I boiled it down. I said, so I have a question. I said, is living a balanced life daily or seasonally? And he laughed, and he goes, that's a good question. He said, no, it's not daily. It's impossible. He said, it's seasonally. So I know that there's seasons in my life. There's, hey, we're going to have a pretty good push during these, this time of life right now. And when, I, mean, I don't mean like years per se, but break it down. For some of you, like, I'll just give you an example. We're in the middle of football season. If you have a kid who's playing football, guess what? It's a busy season for you. But guess what? Football doesn't last forever. Wives, did you hear that? You're going to get your husband back in a few months. So there's good news there. But guess what? There's a busy season, but come January or whatever it may be, you need to press and say, this is, our, this is where we really spend some extra time. Around the holidays, we're focusing on family. Why? Because all the distractions are beginning to... And so you look for those things. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15 says this. It says, uh, fools think their, their way is right, but the wise listen to others. The wise listen to others. They ask for advice. And if you ask for advice, listen to it. Listen to it. Take it in. Don't just ask the question, be like, all right, I appreciate it. No, like really take it in and listen to it. Here's the third principle. So we have what? Live by peace. Live by principle. And this third one is probably the most challenging, I think, in many ways. Change before you have to. Change before you have to. This one's challenging. But really, you have to be able to what? You have to be able to hear God speak many times. You have to be able to have principles that you, that you live by, these things in your life, and yet change before you have to. Why wait till the bridge is out to say, hey, we should probably do something about that? Right? I mean, it's like that check engine light that you just leave on. You're like, well, everything seems fine. It's called routine maintenance for a reason, Right? Like, ah, well, it doesn't mean anything. That light's been on for years. One day it's going to mean something. And that mean something might be a new car because you just ruined the one that you had. Because that light was saying, hello. Pay attention. Sometimes we need to change before we're forced to. Life has a way of teaching us the lessons that we ignore. I mean, I'm a highly productive person. I, I like to get stuff done. I mean, I've got my list. I, man, this week's been awesome for me because it's like check, check, cross out, done, done, done. Good week for me. But I can't live there. I can't. Why? Because my body would begin to shut down. I'll get sick. My immune system will begin to deplete. So this is actually something that I'm actually processing through right now in my own life, in my own heart. I'm wrestling with this. What does this look like? It's one of the things that God has been stirring in my heart about this season. This new, this new place that I'm stepping into is learning to slow down a little bit. It's not easy for me. 
fine because I, I like getting stuff done. My achievers off the charts, like, yes. And yet I realize that I have to make a change in my own life, in my own heart. Is that what has been is not okay any longer. Because I've always been that guy that no one will outwork me. No one will, you know, I'll be the last to leave, the first to show up. That's just the way I've been for a long time. But I'm sensing in my own heart, and it's just something the Lord's been stirring in, is that I've got to change before I have to. I don't want to wait till I have to. You know, my dad told me growing up many times, over and over and over, there was this trait in my family. It was that men were not emotional. Anybody else's family say something like that? But every man in my family had a pretty volatile temper. Last time I looked, anger is an emotion. But for whatever reason, we didn't put those dots together. But we just blew up. It's just what we did. And my dad would, would come to me as a child. And I, I mean, I can quote it word for word. I mean, he said it to me. If he said it once, he said it hundreds of times. And he would come to me, when, especially when he would lose it or if I would lose it or whatever the case may be. And he would come and he would look at me straight in the face and say, David, you can be a better man than me. This can stop with you. And he didn't know it, but he was prophesying that into my life. He said, David, you can change this. You don't have to be an angry man. He says, I'm older and it's harder for me, but I'm working on it. But if you'll deal with it now, you won't be my age trying to deal with it. Flying off the handle, yelling, screaming, throwing, I mean, all that stuff. And I'm so thankful that I listened. I'm not saying that I don't still have to deal with it. I've still got flesh like anybody else. And this is what I know. I have a three-year-old son that I believe will never know the effects of that curse on my family. Because it started with my dad that came to me that the third generation will not know about. Why? Because my dad made a decision that he was going to change before my mom walked out on him. And, and he made a decision that, David, I'm going to help you change before it gets to that point. So that what? So that we can change our family. But it took intentionality. See, there's things that are small that many times we'll push off and say, well, that's not that big a deal. Here's the thing about small things. When you feed them, they get bigger. They're little monsters. Little monsters that eat become big monsters, right? And when they become big, things begin to blow up. They begin to, to get out of hand. Again, let me give you some, some practical application to this. Have you ever asked your spouse, or maybe if you don't have a spouse, maybe a, a good friend, some questions in, the, in regards to a spouse. I mean, are we doing good? Are we, where are we at? Are, are we good right now? Are there things going on that we need to talk about? Anything that we need to adjust? Where, where are we at? What's going on? See, in the life of a marriage, you don't want to wait until somebody's packing their bags to try to talk. It's a little too late many times. Not that you can't, and not that God can't work, and not that God can't redeem, but I'm just telling you, it didn't start there. You don't wake up one day going, I think I'm going to ruin my life and walk away from my marriage and forget all this and all that. No, it happened long before. Change before you have to. I mentioned this one, but this one applies especially to me. Is slow down. Slow down, turn the TV off, have dinner with your family, like actually sit at the table. What a concept, you know? Like, well, I don't have any family at home. Invite some people over for dinner. 
say, hey, just come to the house. We're going to sit around and just have some fellowship. Go to the park, play with your kids. Be in the moments with your spouse, with your family, with your friends. This applies to all of us, but spend some time with your parents. Enjoy them while you have them. Slow down. Don't get in such a rush. Our goal should be this, is we want to invest our best into what matters the most. So many times we, we invest in work at the expense of our families. We invest in, in all these things, all this attraction. I mean, I see this front row that's full of young people. Yet we can invest so much time and energy into things that God has not called you to. I have lots of friends who went to college to get a degree that they do not use today. I have a friend who has a master's degree in psychology. He does real estate. That degree came with an $80,000 bill. And he sells real estate. So young people, before you invest in college, why don't you pray and ask the Lord? What you want me to do? Your parents will be grateful. Your parents will be grateful. So here's my encouragement. Don't wait for a diagnosis. Don't wait till the doctor says, hey, you're in real trouble. Don't wait till you're facing bankruptcy to say, maybe I should make a list before I go to the grocery store. Don't wait. Be proactive. Make changes before you have to. Make necessary changes ahead of time. Be proactive. Why? Because these are the things that simplify our life. You know, as we're, we're wrapping up this morning, these are things that I want you to hear. I want you to grab hold of because life does not have to be complicated. It really doesn't. We make it complicated. Why? Because we make priorities of things that aren't priorities. And yet, God says, hey, I want you to, what, listen to wisdom. Listen to my word. Listen to the leadings of the, of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Let peace be your guide. Get some core values. Get some principles in your life that says, this is what's important to us. This is what's important to me. And by the way, making money is not a, a principle. Just side note. There's nothing wrong with money. I kind of like it. It kind of feeds me and puts a roof over my head. There's nothing wrong with it. But if your pursuit in life is money, then you're in trouble. Because love—I mean, because money is never fulfilling. You'll never get enough. Never. But life can become a pursuit of just that. So we get some principles. We want to make the necessary changes ahead of time. Not, before, not when it's too late. We want to make sure, man, that we're living the life led by, by the Lord. That I live by, by, by these areas of my life that I don't want to get so complicated. Like, let me say it this way. I don't want to win in the wrong things in life. I want to make sure I'm winning in the right areas. Those things that God has really placed in my life. I mean, how crazy. I mean, because I've had the option multiple times that I could have gone into business and done a lot of things and done well. But yet it's not what I'm called to do. This is. 
And yet, I, I could have gotten distracted many times. All the other avenues, all the other opportunities, all these other things. And, and it's like, God's just like, no, nope, that's just not what I have. And, you know, and, I, and I had to get to a place where I just said, God, I, I just want to be what you've called me to be. I don't want to do all these other things. I, and, and really pushing away all the noise and just getting quiet and hearing from the Lord. If you would, would you bow your heads with me this morning? I want to pray over you.